Welcome to the Unpacked Podcast, a podcast devoted to unpacking faith, life, and leadership. The goal to simplify big ideas for greater impact in everyday people like you and me. Well, welcome to episode number 20 of our podcast. My name is Skylar Elmer. I'm your host, and I hope that this conversation gives you what you need to find encouragement to make a greater impact in your life. For most cities, school is well underway, or at least they are moving in that direction very fast. Families, meanwhile, um, are kind of on the edge of their seats wanting to know what is happening with their kids' school because of the impact it's going to have on their work. Some schools, they're going all online. Others are doing a hybrid program, and still others are exploring different home education options. Whether or not you were ready and prepared for this new school format or not, you have been thrusted into it. And this has caused an extreme amount of concern and anxiety for parents and students. Today, to help be a resource to students and parents, my guest on our podcast is Sheila Maya. Sheila is a homeschool mom who initially was resistant to the idea of doing home education, but after giving it a go, she soon fell in love with it. She is not just passionate about educating her kids, but also the huge potential for discipling them. Her and a bunch of other um, people from Rise City Church in Gresham, Oregon, saw this increase amount of anxiety and the need for guidance. And so they gathered together some public, private, and home educators to do a two-week workshop for parents that could be available online down the road to help parents think strategically and theologically through all of the decisions that were heading their way. This was an insightful and thought-provoking conversation, and I would hope that as a parent, you would be deeply encouraged by the wisdom and the insight that are put on the table in this conversation. And I would hope that if this immediate conversation you don't feel is relevant to your life right now, I would hope that by listening to this conversation, you would see an open door for how you can be specifically praying for families and educators in this season and potentially a new ministry that God may be putting before you, that God may be calling you to do. So enough with that. Let's get into the conversation with Sheila. Well, I am excited to have Sheila Maya on our podcast to talk with us about distance learning. Um, Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Um, well, Sheila, can you do us a little bit of an introduction about you know who you are, what do you do, and um, what is your interest uh, about home education? Yeah, I'd love to. So I'm Sheila, and um, I've been walking with Jesus since I was about 13. Um, I've been married to my husband, Daniel, for just over 12 years, and we have five daughters. They're nine, seven, six, three, and one. Um, I have been a stay-at-home mom since day one of having kiddos. Um, So with that, I spend a majority of my time caring for our home um, and the people in it. Aside from those things, um, I really love being a part of our small group Bible studies at church. I read books with my friends. We do a little book club. um, And I do just little things to create beauty around our home, whether it's through hand lettering. It's kind of a hobby of mine that I do in my very rare spare time. (laughs) Um, and then writing and just general organization of our home. So those are things that bring me a little bit of joy. Um, as far as homeschooling and home education goes, 
Um, it actually, my journey with it starts with me swearing that I would never homeschool. Um, I didn't want any part of it because it, it seemed too hard. It didn't seem like I could do it. And so um, I was like, that's not for me. I actually remember our kids being really little and being like, I can't wait to send them to school. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Um, but I had a close friend who knew she was going to homeschool even before she had kids. Um, and we spent a lot of time together. So as we were starting to have our babies and they grew into toddlers, um, she would set up little activities for them, learning activities that were really messy and, but really fun. And so I would watch my daughter have a great time with that and learn and play um, and kind of realize like she was doing preschool, um, which was kind of perfect because at the time um, we were renting a friend's basement with two little kiddos. We had one on the way and we were saving for a house. So preschool wasn't an option for us. It was just too expensive for us in that season of life. Um, so I just decided for, for preschool, we'll do, we'll do learning at home. Um, and that worked out really well with my friend and her son. And then, you know, a couple of years later, kindergarten came around and we started having to think about what we were going to do for that. Um, I realized though that my daughter, she was already reading um, she was kind of a self-motivated kid. Um, she, you know, would take her letter puzzles and just figure out the sounds as we would read and do all of that. And so um, sending her to school didn't make sense because I didn't know what the school would offer her that she wasn't already getting at home. And so at that point, we just said one year, one kid at a time. And that was about five years ago. And we have four more kiddos since then who are, you know, doing some kind of learning, whether it's, so she's going into fourth grade this year. Um, and then our littlest one, we do top school as we call it, um, you know, just little activities. So um, since then, our reasons for homeschooling um, have increased from, you know, just the basic like preschool is too expensive or really wanting to let our kids flourish where they are um, to, us having flexibility in our schedule and following our children's natural interests. Um, and then hands-on learning, more time as a family, um, opportunities to influ influence their hearts towards Jesus um, as we just do daily life together. And then more recently, as my daughter, you know, she's going to fourth grade, she's kind of at that, that age of moving from kiddohood to like um, preteen almost. Yeah. Um, we're starting to think about the things that we're going to need to protect her from. And um, we live in Portland and there are some crazy worldviews going around our public schools that I'm, we're just not interested in exposing her to yet. And so um, those are just a few of the reasons home education has been kind of the best choice for our family at this point. Cool. Yeah. You know, and um, okay. So uh, Sheila, you said, I, I, if I can, um, just hit rewind um, that you didn't want to do home education. And, and now you look at, you know, where we're at uh, today by and large across the country. I know some places are kind of doing kind of a hybrid program, but I, if I, if, if I understand correctly in Gresham, it's pretty much all distance learning. So, so regardless of if you were prepared, if you wanted to do this, you're just kind of thrusted into that. Um, right. And so was that like, um, I guess, was that an easy adjustment for you when everything um, kind of began shutting down? You had to 
um, I guess everybody would kind of look at homeschoolers, um, homeschooling families as like you guys are set up for success. Did did you guys feel that when everything kind of shut it, shut down? So there there were some different aspects that felt just normal, like that didn't really transition for us. So the schooling aspect, like we just continued on with our schoolwork as normal, um, but our social um, our social life stopped just like everyone else's. And so that was really challenging. Mm. Um, something that I really tried to encourage a lot of my friends with during, you know, it was back in March, you know, when schools were shutting down, um, our homeschooling journey versus distance learning right now, it's a really different experience because we made the decision to homeschool what, like six years ago. Um, we took a lot of thoughtful prayer and and consideration into making that decision Um, where our friends this year, we have so many people who have just literally, like you said, been thrusted into it and said, here you go, figure this out. Um, And so like that is way harder than what we're doing. (laughs) Like people say, well, I'm homeschooling now, but you know, like when we pre COVID, if you will, um, when we homeschool it, we did it within community. We went on field trips. We like, we were very intentional about how we spent our time. Um, it wasn't just us home all the time. And so um, I've, I've tried to kind of encourage people with that, that like, yeah, homeschooling doesn't, this isn't normal. This isn't what it looks like. And so, mm. um, so it was challenging for everyone in a lot of different ways, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's always, it's good to, you know, keep that in mind that, you know, there is a, I guess, a um, a psychological, social impact on all people, regardless of if you did public or home, um, home education. Um, so, um, Sheila, you were a part of a church in Gresham, Rise City Church, and you guys recently did something um, that I think is just um, super creative, super awesome. Um, what a, a fantastic resource that you guys have done. And you, you guys did a workshop for parents um, about um, this distance learning thing and how to be successful and thrive. And can you share a little bit about what that was about, what the heart was behind it, and maybe some key insights that kind of grew up out of that? Yeah, so like you said, we did the workshop. Um, we so there's a small group of us this summer that just saw this like growing anxiety in our community um surrounding people's education decisions this fall because as most of us know whether or not you were distance learning the spring was crazy and people had a lot of um, worries because of that and so um in an effort to come alongside and help caregivers see their options and when i say caregivers i mean you know, we, we have talked with parents, we've talked with grandparents who are um, helping their children with their kids because they work full time. Um, you know, you have people that are being hired as nannies slash tutors. Um, it's not just parents. And so you have all these people that are just having a hard time. So in an effort to come alongside them, um, there were some public school teachers and then home educators like myself who Uh, We just wanted to come together and break down the distance learning and homeschooling options to kind of help people see that um, if distance learning felt too overwhelming, that there are options, um, that homeschooling is an option, and what does that look like? And so um, as far as the workshop goes, uh, we just spent some time giving biblical encouragement, specifically highlighting 
um, the opportunity for discipleship right now, which I'll talk a little bit about um, in a few minutes. But um, we talked about that. We shared tips for um, helping kids transition to learning at home. Um, and we answered some questions about homeschooling that people ask or assumptions that they have. Uh, we shared curriculum options and we also provided a text in phone number um, where people could ask the four of us who are kind of putting on the workshop um, questions as they go along their journey this year. So our hope for that is that it's not just a one time, like here's some information, but then throughout the school year, because nobody knows how long this is going to go on. Um, you know, here in Portland, you know, there's, they're hoping for November, but then some school districts are saying, yeah, probably not till April um, that you'll be back in school, back to normal. And nobody knows. And, and so it's going to be, we're in it for the long haul, essentially, is what we're trying to help people in our community see. So, um, yeah. And so that's, yeah, that was kind of the heart behind it, kind of what we did. And then in terms of insights, um, it was really interesting. We actually had a really small turnout. Um, and I, I thought I'd be discouraged by that. But I mean, the reality is that we've got COVID going on. It was a pretty last minute event because school was starting soon or was supposed to start soon. <laughs> we, we're, it was supposed to start, I think, on the 8th, and then it got pushed back to the 14th. And then here in Oregon, we have some crazy wildfires going on right now. The air quality is terrible. And so they've actually pushed school back another week. And so with that, we had a small turnout. And so um, because of all of that, and you know, considering COVID and, and everything, we actually planned ahead of time to have the content um, to have it recorded. And so with that, we are hoping to be able to share it online and have people utilize it as time goes on. Um, so I expect that even with the school year starting or kind of sort of starting for some districts, um, that parents will be making some shifts. And then our hope is that they can have this resource to go back to and, you know, watch the videos and, and um, see the PDFs that we've, um, you know, put together for people to have. So, yeah. Man, that's fantastic. And, um, and it's, uh, you know, I, I got to watch a few of the videos and they are extremely practical. And, um, you know, the people who are sharing, and this is the world they live in. You had, um, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, some public educators in the room, as well as um, homeschooling um, parents just sharing um, uh, professional and practical and um, real life insight and biblical insight with how to do this well. Um, so it was it was great, it was just it was fantastic, and um, I couldn't be a, a bigger supporter of of that. And I'm I'm so excited because I know I know a lot of parents um, are you know their script got flipped upside down and are struggling, and there's a lot of anxiety with that. And so what a, what a blessing, what a ministry uh, to to families. Yeah, it, it was really um, it was really fun to be a part of it. And the other thing that I was going to mention too is that getting to talk with people just face to face with the few people that were there. Um, it was interesting to see how misunderstood home education is in our culture <laughs> um, and just getting to answer some of the questions that people had. I mean, you know, people assume that we do school all day long or um, it, it, there's just funny things that people, they just have these preconceived ideas. And so um, being able to break those down, it was, it was as if a whole new reality was illuminated for people that they were like, wait, I'm only ever stuck to this one thing. 
like there are options. It was, it was almost like this weight was lifted from them. So mm. that was kind of fun to be a part of. That's awesome. Yeah. So I imagine, cause you had mentioned, um, okay, spring of last year was, cr- or spring of this last school year was crazy for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you had also mentioned that you guys have been working out home education for five years now. Mm-hmm. And so you have somewhat of a rhythm now for others. Um, there's no rhythm, you know, they have to kind of um, create this. What are, I guess, some of the biggest challenges that you see um, families making this transition uh, to go uh, digital, um, kind of do distance learning? Mm -hmm. So like I mentioned before, you know, kind of that difference between homeschooling versus distance learning versus I don't mean like one's better than the other, but like, you know, they're two very different things. And so you know, with, with home education being separate from a public school or a private school, um, you're free to choose your curriculum and resources. Mm. Um, you choose your learning paths and kind of, you know, direct where your kids are going based on their interests or levels and can really fine tune it there. Um, and then your flow of the day. So that's kind of home education. Then with distance learning or virtual learning, digital, whatever it is that people want to call it, um, students, are spending the majority of their school on a device following a specific schedule laid out from teachers. Yeah. And so those are kind of the two tracks that we have going right now. I, I know some areas are doing hybrid, which, you know, it's like screens, you know, screen lessons or whatever. Um, and then they do have some in-person meeting, but I know that's in our area, as far as I've heard, that's pretty rare. Um, just the regulations are just crazy here in Oregon right now. So, um, so for us, as you know, my family as home educators, my perspective with distance learning specifically is very much an outside in and, you know, somewhat limited because of that. But um, based on conversations that I've had with teacher friends and just being able to look at the different learning plans per district in the areas around me, um, some of the biggest challenges that I see are that districts are trying to recreate a six hour school day at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, there's that challenge, and I, I will kind of talk about that in a little bit too. But, um, and then the other thing is once you add up the lessons, the like homeroom interactions or you're like connecting with the class or the teacher, um, some schools are trying to do extracurricular, extracurricular activities online. Um, that's a ton of time spent on a computer. I mean, I think last night I was looking through some plans and, you know, for like middle school age, it was about four hours of lesson time. Um, on a screen and that's you know that's not including if they do you know the whatever other things they do on the screen right so four hours of just school time on a screen Um, and then the logistical concerns for families that work full-time I my head spins just even thinking about that for people and the challenges that they're facing when it comes to you know they're used to um, the school being available for their kids to go for the full day. And now they're having to figure out where does my kid go when I have to still work. And some, you know, some parents are even working from home and that's a whole nother level of challenge. And so, you know, there's in our area, there's limits on daycare and how many kids can be in daycare. And so, um, those are full. You've got people who are creating what's called micro schools. It's kind of a, a co-op of sorts. It's like the public school version of a co-op, um, you know, where you get just a few kids together to have learning time. Um, 
those are full. Like people are just trying to figure out where do I put my kiddo for a full day of school while I still have to do my work. So um, yeah, those are just some little challenges I've seen. Yeah. He, yeah. Yep. Yeah, big challenge. I mean, especially with, what do you do with your care, uh, your your kid? If I mean, if both parents are working full time and good night, yeah, that's a headache. Um, so you know, and if there's any you know families that are wrestling with that, um, you know, our prayers for that. Do you? I mean, do you have any um, you know win, wisdom, insight to kind of help <laughs> think through that? You know, what have you seen that's worked? Um, you know, I. I'm seeing some families here, homeschool families like myself that are um, just doing practical help. Like, Hey, we can have your kid come and be at our house for, you know, this day of the week or whatever, or this many days of the week. Um, You know, even we have a friend who's at the end of this month, her normal caregiver is going to be out of town. And so her son will come to our house for four days, um, you know, four of his school days and do his, distance learning here um we're home like i mean as far as practicality i can't think of anything more practical than to if we're already home just to open our house and say like we can have some kids here um of course for me like i've had to be careful with that because we've got five here as well (laughs) so it can get kind of full um but I've, i've seen that a lot in in our community and in the homeschool community specifically like parents just being willing to come alongside those families and say like hey we're available um beyond that like i i honestly i don't know (laughs) um it's it's been really challenging that's for sure yeah yeah no and that's i that's good you know um you know people who uh, who are doing homeschooling, who are home, you know, kind of yeah. helping, you know, leaning into that as a ministry um, for other families. Um, so, okay. So those are some um, pretty big challenges. What are some opportunities uh, in the season that, um, that are presented to families and parents going remote? So kind of going off of what we just talked about in terms of, you know, people's work schedules and all of that. Um, something that I have, um, talked with parents about, you know, I had a friend specifically ask me like, what about single parents who are working full time? Um, what are, what do you have for them? Like what answers do you have? Um, not a loaded question or anything at all, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. but I, you know, something I, I shared is that with home education, you know, what, what we do in the Maya family, um, it's so flexible. And so, school doesn't have to be done from eight to two school can be done in a shorter amount of time at the end of the day. If you need to around the dinner table, it can wait until the weekend. You just have some extra time to do the book work. Like it's so flexible. And so um, that's a unique opportunity that parents have. If distance learning just isn't working, um, going the homeschool route allows them to tailor their child's school schedule to what they're having to do and cannot, you know, get away from, if you will. Um, So that I think has been helpful for some families to kind of start considering like, wait, maybe we can't actually make homeschooling work. And so there's that. But then um, I think never before have parents literally everywhere had to really consider um, their education decision for their kids as closely as they have now. Um, 
I think most people just send their kids to school because that's just what you do. Um, that's the norm and you send them off and it, that's just what you do. Right. So, um, I think for us specifically as Christians, it's so much more layered than that. Um, and so with families that are distance learning specifically, um, I think that they get to be more involved with their child's education and hear or see, you know, as classes are taught, they're actually hearing the classes. And um, so that's an interesting and unique opportunity. Um, there's also the potential, I think, for more time together as a family, um, since mornings aren't rushed with drop-offs and lunches are at home. You know, as I looked at the schedule for some of the districts in our area, you know, they have a chunk of time in the middle of the day where they do have, you know, their lunchtime and some like student-led learning time, if you will. Um, and so if you're all at home, you know, maybe mom is working or whatever, like you guys get to be together, right? And so, and then afternoons don't have the pickup lines and the rushing people here and there. So I know that's not the, um, everybody's experience, you know, there's, there's different um, special cases, if you will, of course, but for the majority in our community, it seems like people just generally have more time right now um, as they're kind of figuring out their norm with distance learning in school. So, um, and then lastly, I would say, honestly, the biggest opportunity, and this is something that the Lord um, has kind of shown me since the beginning of the year, is this opportunity for discipleship. And that's um, my kind of my passion and heart um, in this season. And so, with that, I think every parent's capacity is going to look different right now. Um, but our mission as believers is still the same, regardless of all the things changing. And so our family puts it simply from uh, Matthew 22 and from uh, chapter 28. We, in our family, we say, love God, love people and make disciples. Um, so kind of taking those, you know, those chunks of scripture where, you know, Jesus is giving us those commandments and, um, you know, giving us the great commission, we take that and say, like, this is what we are to be doing right now. Um, and so when you, you apply that to education right now and schooling, um, it really changes everything and, and changes the decisions that you're making. So I think with discipleship specifically, it's mostly talked about in the context of adult relationship in the church. We don't really talk about it a ton with kids. Um, and I think the reality that we have to remember is that our children are actually our closest neighbor and we get to disciple them too. And so, um, what better opportunity to do that than to have them in your home as much time as we have right now, whether it's, um, you know, homeschooling full-time or virtual learning, whatever it is, that time is really precious right now, especially with these, you know, elementary age kids and they're so impressionable, um, it's, it's a, probably the most unique opportunity, I think, in this entire, uh, you know, season that we're in. So, um, for the sake of, like, context and kind of, you know, people being on the same page in terms of, like, what is discipleship? Because that's such a, I think, I think it's a Christian buzzword. I think it's fair to say that, right? We say that a lot, like, discipleship. Um, but I have kind of made this, like, working definition just for myself as, like, am I like on track with what Jesus has asked me to do? Um, so I want to share that. And that definition for myself is it's an intentional relationship between two people, one who loves Jesus and one who may or may not. The purpose of this relationship is to pass along the truth of the gospel 
to equip the young in faith and to spur on a growing believer to maturity in Christ. And so that's kind of the framework that we use in our home to disciple our children. Um, and, and so that's, that's the biggest opportunity, I think. That's awesome. You know, and um, it, it, it's cool because I, I even think about, you know, um, you know, homeschooling families, for instance, welcoming in another uh, uh, um, one or two students into their home, you know, a couple of days a week um, to help just kind of, um, you know, um, shoulder some of the weight, that some of the education, um, the burden, you know, that the other families may have. And as Christians, we have this unique opportunity, unlike ever before, because we would never be welcomed into the classroom. I mean, I know Gresham, I know Portland, right. a Christian perspective would not be welcomed into that classroom. And here you are with some kids who may not love Jesus, who may not know a thing about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And as a Christian family, you have the opportunity to be gospel-shaped people, to model the gospel, to model the love of Jesus in a way that you would never have had before, you know, like... What an opportunity, even, you know, for, for your kids, and I know for us as, <laughs> as parents, we are flawed, and so we make many mistakes, mm-hmm. and um, it's a painful thing for us to go, I'm sorry, we're, mommy and daddy, you're not perfect, we, you know, we're sinners, and we, we need your forgiveness, you know, would you forgive us, and, you know, but that's also discipleship, it's, you know, Absolutely. teaching kids that mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, is who we point to, yeah. so... Right. And that, that process takes time, like so much time. It's not a one and done thing. It's not a, okay, you're in my house till you're 18. And we're on like, as parents, we are, we are discipling our children for a lifetime. I really believe that. And, and so um, we really have to have like a long, long game focus, not just a, okay, this school year or whatever. Um, and kind of along those lines, I'd love to share a story about, yeah. I I kind of the shift in my journey with um, in parenting and specifically towards discipleship. Um, So our youngest daughter, she's 19 months now. Um, When she was born, um, it was chaos in our home. (laughs) Having five kids, what eight and under it was, it was just crazy. Um, And at the time we were part of a online charter school. So we were doing all of our school at home, but I was answering to um, an advisor that was connected to this online school, if you will. Um, It was great structure for the beginning, but it started to feel pretty like, this is too much, I can't keep up. And so um, I started to feel like we needed to pull back from that um, as, you know, we're trying to juggle five kids. And so um, I'd had a really hard day and I decided to, and that I, w- I was just, I was going to be done with homeschooling, that I was going to be done with this charter, and that I was going to apply for a local charter school where I could send them to school, because I didn't want to have all of them in my home anymore. <laughs> so overwhelmed. Um, it was not one of my best moments, and I definitely made an emotional <laughs> decision. Um, and I got on the computer, and I told them what I was doing. I was like, I'm applying for a school, I'm sending you to school, this is too hard. Um, I might have had a little bit of postpartum stuff going on, oh. <laughs> but I applied and I, you know, the day went on and I'd forgotten about it, um, forgotten about the application until a few months later on another really, really challenging day of school. Mm-hmm. I got a phone call from that school saying, hey, we have some spots open. 
um, for two of your kids. I'd applied for three of them to go and they had spots for two. And if I said yes to those two, it would automatically bump our third child to the top of their wait list. And then she would be the first in line if a spot opened. And I felt like the whole world just sat on my shoulder for a moment of like, oh my gosh, I have to actually consider if I want to continue homeschooling or not. Um, and I, I just, I hadn't had a moment like that so far in our journey. And so um, that led to a whole week of me, okay, I had to make this decision, right? I had to let them know whether or not I was going to accept the spots. Um, so I made um, pros and cons lists. I made mock schedules of what it would look like to send them to school and what our, you know, what our day would look like. Um, praying, just like, God, tell me what to do. This is, it, it didn't feel like there was a right or wrong choice. Um, I, education isn't a moral decision. Um, God gives us freedom in that. And that freedom felt so hard for me to figure out. I was like, I just don't know what the right thing to do is. And so um, I, as I was like working through those schedules and whatnot, my decision was made when I actually sat down and I calculated how much time my girls would be in school away from me and realizing that they would be under the influence and instruction of another grown-up and all these peers for 30 plus hours a week on top of the time that they would spend, um, you know, in Sunday school if we were going to church and other activities that, you know, we carefully choose. I just realized how much time that was for them to be away from me from that intentional relationship building that I mentioned earlier with discipleship. Um, it made no sense to me to send them out into that. It just didn't line up with our, with what we feel called to in raising our girls to, to be disciples of Jesus. Um, and it was the hardest decision I think I've made in the last five years of our homeschool journey. But um, it was it was a moment where I was like, I was just sold out for home education and discipleship. And I was like, okay, God, like I'm all in. I, I see now where I'm supposed to be. And this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, but you're, you're going to equip me. Like you'll, you'll give me what I need as I go along. And he has, it's been in, it's a year and a half since that, that, um, day and the opportunities we've had are just incredible. Um, and I, I wouldn't go back for anything. So that's awesome. Uh, Sheila, would you be able to kind of, um, what are, I guess, a couple aspects of, um, how you guys do discipleship at home? Like, what does that look like, um, on a practical level day to day? Yeah. Um, you're speaking my love language. <laughs> I, I love talking about this stuff. Um, it's just an exciting thing because for me personally, having five daughters, like it was a really scary thing at first, but the older they get and the more I see them, um, start to choose the ways of Jesus, it is so exciting. And so I just, I get excited to talk about this stuff. Um, so I'm glad you asked me <laughs> that question. Yeah. Um, so we, I structure a lot of our like very intentional discipleship training, if you will, around our table. Um, it's the, you know, the different meals we have. So we've got breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I know for sure that we are going to be at that table together as a family, um, especially now with my husband, he's unemployed. Um, he's home all the time. So we are together for three meals a day. 
Um, and I, I realize what a gift that is right now. And we are taking full advantage of that. So, um, you know, we specifically structure our meals to have biblical teaching of some kind or, you know, um, trying to expose them to new ideas and wrestle through some things that we feel they should learn about the world, but do it in a context where they get to ask questions and have our biblical guidance. And so um, we do Bible and breakfast time where we just, you know, we have um, different theology cards that are geared towards kids. We go over the books of the Bible song. Um, You know, we talk about um, we have cards that are centered around the gospel and we ask questions around that. I mean, there's so many amazing resources out there now that are geared specifically to train kids in the gospel and, um, and give them, you know, context that they can understand. And honestly, for me, it's really helpful because I learn right alongside them. Um, there are some theology stuff that I'm like, I don't understand this. Let's read this little card (laughs) that's meant for you. And it's totally going to teach my heart as well. Um, and so we do that at, at breakfast time. And then um, something new I'm trying to do this school year is um, you'll totally be able to see how nerdy I am with this. <laughs> but with our lunchtime, um, we have some different books that I'm going to be working through with them that touch on, um, you know, safety in our community, you know, going over, you know, different, you know, fire safety and, Um, earthquake safety, body safety, like it's a curriculum based on that. So we'll just slowly work through that. We've got a book that's talking about the issue of racism right now. And we're going to be talking, you know, talking through that and asking hard questions and in a way that they can, again, come to us and say, I don't quite get this. Can you help me understand? Um, And then for dinner time, we just try to sit down and do a devotional together um, that we just read. And um, so yeah, meals, table time. That's that's my key for discipleship right now. <laughs> that's awesome. That's really practical. Um, yeah. I mean, especially meals. Um, you know, you're going to sit there and eat, you know, might as yeah. well um, be intentional yeah. with crafting that. Um, do you have, a, you, you mentioned theology cards. I'm just really curious. What is the name of that? Yeah, so our favorite resources are tinytheologians.com and then... Um, Oh, I'm blanking. Oh, Daily Grace Co. Um, is another one. They have that one is a company that's geared more towards the whole family, but they have amazing kids resources. Okay. Um, yeah. So those are the two. But Tiny Theologians, though, so that's been one of my very favorite um, resources for sure. So okay, I'll, I'll link that in the show notes so that um, the families, if you want yeah. to jump on board and you know start incorporating some of this this year you can um well let's um let's kind of like a shift gears a little bit um and i want to kind of talk about uh, when you get into you know uh educating at home especially if this is something new or if you're doing distance learning you know as a parent you're kind of involved in this how in the world do you know if you are succeeding at, Mm -hmm. at educating your kids well yeah that's a really good question um Yeah. So I heard a mom say recently that she never wants her child's schoolwork to get in the way of their education. Um, And so kind of going off of that, you know, there's only so much that kids can learn through a screen, through worksheets, through textbooks. Um, And honestly, up until recently, I think 
I placed a lot of importance on checklists and finished curriculum as a measure of success. Um, but that's really only a part of the bigger picture of our children's education. And so um, schools give out tests to measure what a student knows, but education is a process that goes beyond re reproducible facts, if you will, things that they can just write down on a test and be done with. Um, education, we think, should include how to live and why. Um, that's where discipleship comes in, right? That's such a huge part of their education. And tests, they can't measure that kind of success. Um, it's just that's that stuff isn't tangible. Um, you can't hold it and feel it and say, this is what I did, um, because it is a process, because it takes such a long time. Um, so with that, I really love to pay attention to our everyday moments of our homeschool life. Um, and so um, we, this year is the first year that we've done this, but we actually wrote a homeschool vision for our family. Um, and that's kind of like our plumb line, if you will, like, are we, are we on track and moving towards what God has called us to? Um, and so, you know, going back to the discipleship idea, um, I celebrate when I see my girls growing in their understanding of who God is and who they are in him and what he desires of them as they choose to follow him. Um, that's the biggest success for me. Like if I see my girls growing more in the likeness of Jesus, then like I'm done, close the books, we're good to go. <laughs> I know it's not all, you know, it is all about that, but there are layers, right? And so, you know, with that, we, you know, we look at character things. We count loving others and helping without being asked as a measure of success. Like if they're growing in that, then that's awesome. Um, we love to see our girls create things, you know, beautiful things after being inspired by something in our backyard or a book they read. Um, that is success. And more practically, because we have to talk about the practical part too, when it comes to stuff that we actually want to make sure they're excelling in and growing in like math and reading the academics of it. Um, we say that they are successful and growing if they can teach us and do it with joy. And so, you know, when it comes to math, for instance, I have a daughter who hated math for the longest time. And when she got to a point where she could understand it and then teach it to me and be excited about what she was learning, mm. that was like, you know, checkbox, if you will, um, that was success for us. And so um, ultimately our, our hope for our children in education is that they're always excited to learn new things. You know, once they can read and once they know basic math and they have a joy for learning, like the world is theirs and God can do whatever he wants with that. And so, you know, I had a long time ago, um, one of our pastors, it was shortly after our fifth daughter was born. He's like, how do you do it? How do you have a baby and have a toddler and do all this school stuff? And I let him know that like, now that our oldest two can read independently um, and, you know, kind of go on their own, I'm no longer the teacher and just the guide. I'm holding their hand and, and showing them the different things of the world that are lovely and true and beautiful and praying that they latch onto that and see God in that. And like, that's my job, right? And so um, it's not about, it's not just about the academics of, you know, they took a test and got an A and we're good to go and that's success. Um, that's a part of it. Like we do need to make sure that they're understanding the, the academics, but there's so many other aspects that we have to 
um, be in tune with along the way. That's good. So, I mean, your your metrics for measuring success pre-COVID was what grade do you have? You know, did you get did you right. pass the test? Now it's very much more interpersonal. Um, you know, like uh, it's understanding that uh, number one, the first week is probably not going to feel like you've you've um, made a bunch of progress. You have you know you have to have grace with yourself, grace with the student, um, your your kids. But knowing it's a process, looking for Christ-like characteristics in them is success. You know, um, seeing that joy of learning begin to develop is also successful. And you know, uh, I even like that that. Thought, um, that uh, little nugget of information of having them teach it back to you, you know, yeah. um, you know that helps helps you as a as, an, as a new instructor understand if they're comprehending it. Um, that's good. Um, so, what can I do? Is there a couple things as a parent, um, maybe not me specifically, but just parents in general, um, that they can do to set their kids up for success? Yeah, so I mentioned earlier that our family created the homeschool vision um, for the school year. And honestly, like that, that's not just about homeschool. So if, if a family has decided to do distance learning and that's their choice for the rest of the year, um, I think creating some kind of vision for like, this is where we want to go and be by the end of the year um, is really helpful um, because it helps you decide how you're going to spend your time, um, what resources you'll choose to introduce in your home and use. Um, it, it really gives this long-term picture that makes the year more about thriving than just getting to the end. Like we just have to get to the end of this COVID stuff. I mean, nobody knows when that is actually going to end. <laughs> and so, you know, if we make it more about thriving and making day-to-day -day choices based on, um, this, you know, prearranged idea of like, this is how we want to thrive, then, um, that's going to be super helpful. It makes everyone kind of on the same page. Um, and then just some, I would say some more practical learning things. So I would say just like be their biggest cheerleader. Like our kids need to know that we're for them right now. Um, they're, they're also experiencing this crazy time in history, um, just like we are. And you know, I remind myself a lot, like, if I'm feeling this much anxiety today, or if I'm feeling this overwhelmed, imagine what it's like for my child who yeah. has such a limited understanding in of the world right now. Um, and so when we can remind ourselves of that, um, it's, it's going to help them so much more to feel secure and know that somebody is for them right now. Um, so you know, we can do that by celebrating the small wins of a day, um, praying for them, with them when they are having a hard time, giving them hugs more often than you normally do. Maybe I'm not a touchy feely person. And we have got a kiddo who's like, if I would hold her all day, she'd be happy about it. So I have to remind myself, like, I need to give this kid a ton of hugs today, you know. Um, and then, you know, setting an example for them of what we expect. So so much of what our kids learn is actually caught, not taught. Um, you know, we've heard that a lot over the years. And along with that, um, we need, you know, you actually mentioned this earlier and I loved it, but we have to apologize to our kids when we screw up. Like we cannot be afraid to go to them and say, gosh, you know what? I was really harsh with you during that math lesson. I need your forgiveness. And, you know, can we make this right right now? 
um, they need to see that humility in us and what it looks like to repent when we have done wrong because they're going to need to do that in their life. And if they see mom and dad doing that as a normal part of walking with Jesus, um, then it's just going to be normal for them. And they're going to learn that mom and dad are human, that God is much bigger than all the things that mom and dad struggle with, and that he still does good through broken people. Like they see that in us when we go and say, I'm sorry. Um, And, you know, kind of along that same lines, we have to believe that relationships with people are the most important work that we can give our time to right now. Um, There, nobody knows what the end of this season is going to look like and how school is going to look, what education systems are going to be like, but we are still going to have relationships at the end of this. And the decisions that we make right now are going to influence what those look like at the end of this time. And we want them to be um, better than where we started. Like that's, that's kind of our goal. Right. So that, yeah, that is powerful. That is powerful because you think like, okay, parents, like you right now, you're going to influence your kids. You're going to be investing in them. Let's just say this, this, the season comes to a close. Will you have earned enough, um, I guess, I don't want to say trust, but in the season, have you shepherded your kid in such a way that when they are faced with a challenging teaching at school, mm-hmm. a challenging situation from peers or whatever that may be, that because of the season, they can come back to you mm-hmm. and yeah, you can walk them through that. Yeah. I hope that for parents everywhere because, yeah, some kids after this, they might go back to school into a physical brick and mortar school. Um, and yeah, we want them stronger than ever before to, to face the things that they're going to face. And yeah, like you said, be able to come back and say, mom and dad, I've got some questions. And like, that is going to be a gift that goes for a really long time. I mean, we just don't even know the, the rewards that can come from that. So yeah. man, that's good. That's revolutionary thought. Um, <laughs> I am so glad we're having this conversation. Um, this is great. This is fantastic. So how about for kids, students? What can they do to set themselves up for success? Because this is a new experience, too, for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say within families specifically that are homeschooling for the first time or distance learning, um, I would remind a student, if I were talking with a kid right now, um, my husband and I actually sat down and talked about this last night. I'm like, what would you what would you say? <laughs> so these some of his thoughts too, but um, we talk a lot in our house about assuming the best of someone instead of assuming the worst. And so I would mm. um, tell a student to assume the best of your parents um, that treat them kindly as they figure this out alongside you. Um, everyone is stressed out right now. And it's so easy to just think, oh my gosh, they're out to get me. They don't want me to do this. This is awful. Like if we assume the best, then that's going to take us much further. Um, so yeah, assuming the best of your parents, um, doing the hard things first when your brain is fresh and as your schedule allows. So in our house, uh, we often do math before we do any other work in our, in our day because you know, our brain capacity is, is much better at that point. Um, these are really practical things, but they're just helpful things that we do in our house. So um, eating good snacks and making sure your body is getting adequate movement, especially for kiddos that are on a screen for so much of the day. Um, our kids go nuts if they do not have enough body movement. Like 
they've got to, you know, go jump on the trampoline, go run laps around the backyard, um, and good snacks. Like we talk about hanger a lot in our home. Um, it's a real thing and it can be a real problem for learning. Um, if you're hangry, man, it's not going to work. <laughs> um, and then lastly, I would say, um, read lots of great books. Like reading is just, is the best thing. You can learn so many great things and be, um, introduced to so many great ideas and, um, different experiences. So, yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Uh, Sheila, I, I just want to say thank you so much for yeah, being willing to take the time and share with us what God's been stirring in your heart, what God's been doing at, you know, rise, you know, through this seminar and, um, praying for, um, I, I can't wait to see that website and see the page and we'll link to that when it kind of comes up. But, uh, um, so blessed by that. So blessed by this conversation. I know a lot of families who listen to this will. Thank you so much for being willing to have the conversation. And yeah, I think it's homeschooling can be such a mysterious thing. And to, just to be able to shed some light and give encouragement, you know, even for parents that are distance learning, um, it's, it's my joy to be able to do that. So thanks for having me. When I first heard that Rise City Church was doing a workshop for parents, I was blown away by how awesome of an idea this was. I mean, what a unique way to merge a real need in the community with a ministry opportunity in the church. And and hopefully those of us who are believers, we have this kind of awareness every day in our life that, that we are not just looking out for ourselves, but we are looking out for the needs of others and how God might be calling us to meet that need or to do ministry there. And maybe that ministry is just simply encouraging parents. Maybe it is praying fervently for educators, or maybe it's just partnering with families like opening up your home or, or, or something along those lines. There was a lot of things that have been mentioned in this episode, so if you want to refer back to them, I have uh, some of the key points listed out in our show notes, along with some of the links of the resources mentioned. Uh, They do not yet have those videos available for the workshop, uh, but as soon as they get released, I will be sure to link them to our podcast, so uh, check back to, to see if they're on our podcast. Well, I hope that this conversation has helped you in your life so that you can make a greater impact in your life. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time.